0: EFPL
1: Radio London, Canada presents The Dick Williams Show. You take the tall one's sound You spread it round the town You know it's got to be the brightest
0: spot around Dick Williams Show Hold it, hold it just a minute. I, I think you played the wrong thing. Would you mind playing my real theme? I'm a loser That's a little more like it, baby. I'm a loser Beatles 98. That's Dick Williams
1: on London's 980 CFPL, then known as Channel 98, back in 1964. One of the first DJs in North America to spin the Beatles, Williams, who is now 81, returned to the CFPL airwaves last month with a new show that harkens back to the heyday of AM radio. Dick Williams' solid gold rock and roll is airing Saturdays and Sundays on the global news radio station, a weekend break from format that's debuted 60 years after Dick first joined the station. On this episode of Broadcast Dialogue, the podcast, we talk to Williams and his son DJ, who is now part of the Chorus London sales team, about the future of AM radio, its legacy... And more. Number one sound in London,
0: Canada. The action is by the Supremes on CFPL Radio from the Super Hot Hitline, number ten on Channel ninety eight. CFPL Radio time is twenty nine now, before seven. Hi, I'm Dick Williams, the tall one. Well, my start was as a sixteen year old in Kitchener on a two hundred and fifty watt AM station, and basically I learned the ropes in real time from real announcers rather than going to uh, community colleges, which, of course, didn't exist in those days to train future radio announcers. So from there, I went to uh, Cincinnati at WSAI in Cincinnati, and it was a rock and roll radio station. And all of this time I was going to a university on a co-op school. So I had a visa that allowed me to work in America. So from WSAI, I got picked up by a station in San Diego again at 19 to do mornings in San Diego, which was quite a a strong advancement uh, at an age of 19, if that. And from there on, I was a program director in Sacramento at KROY and did a couple of weekend shifts in Oakland at Color Radio Channel 91, KEWB, and came back to London under Ward Cornell at CFPL doing the evening show and from there on moved to Mornings at CJBK, uh, Program Director at CHLO, Morning Man at CHLO, and then back to Q97.5, which later became known as Easy Rock, and I did the midday show for the bulk of my journey there.
2: My name's DJ Williams, and I'm a sales executive at chorus radio london um started my journey back along with uh my dad as a kid being a young lad going into the radio stations on the weekends and watching dad perform his uh his art and uh, eventually uh went off to school in montreal at mcgill university and got into the concert production business and promotions and uh I fell in love with uh, the the use of radio in in promoting upcoming concerts and got into sales for Chorus back in uh, 1997. This is my third stint with Chorus after being in the United States for a couple of jaunts of seven years, where I uh, worked for what is now iHeart. They were called Clear Channel back then. I was part of a new group called Creative Services Group that uh, handled uh, creative services and sales opportunities for. Uh, over 1,200 radio stations across uh, the U.S. and eventually became a general sales manager for Entercom in Denver and then moved back to Canada in 2017 where I rejoined Chorus uh, at the original station that I worked at, which happens to be the radio station that Dick's new show is on.
1: So we have some real radio lineage happening here. Dick, as I understand it, you were one of the first DJs to play the Beatles in North America, and it was DJ's mother, Debbie Dennis, who used to be the CFPL music librarian, who handed you that record. Is that right?
0: That's pretty close to the uh, the truth of one step removed. But uh, there was a lady in England that basically worked at EMI uh, Parlophone, uh, And she was able to get some recordings of the Beatles, matter of fact, all of their early releases, the day or so after they were actually pressed in test pressings. And uh, she sent them over to uh, a friend of hers in Canada who brought them up to the station. Debbie physically, I guess, handed it to me. But uh, from there on in, the, the real fun began when I started playing a record that I knew the kids couldn't buy, which was kind of counterproductive in, in many ways, especially for Capitol Records, because they were trying desperately to get the Beatles license to produce their records in Canada. And I was playing them on the air, creating a demand for which there was no way of, uh, of, of buying the actual songs I was playing.
1: So tell me what year that was. And were, were the Beatles a known quantity at that point in Canada?
0: Uh, It's such a long time ago. I I think 63 was when I started uh, late in 63 playing the Beatles, and it was uh, early in 64, if memory serves, which (laughs) it sometimes does, sometimes doesn't anymore, that the Beatles actually uh, appeared on the Ed Sullivan Show, which from there on in, the deluge began. So I was about a year ahead of uh, any North American disc jockey playing them at that time.
1: So, Dick, let's talk about what it was like to be on air in London, Ontario, six decades, or how I don't know how many decades it is.
0: I, I guess it must be 60 years ago. It was a a different time. Personality radio is what I grew up in, at least in America. And that basically said that the the disc jockey was really his own program director at the same time. So you could pretty well do whatever you wanted because that's what you were hired to do was to be a wild and crazy guy, as Steve Martin would say, so basically you got yourself a, a hook or a moniker, uh, you know cousin Brucey at WABC uh, Bruce Morrow, uh, Dick Biondi, the wild Italian, he called himself. Uh, I was Dick Williams, the tall one, and basically the, uh, the two hours and a half that I had to fill every Monday through Friday on CFPL was mine to play with. And so if I liked a song, for instance, I would play it again right then. Uh, No formats existed other than the format you chose to follow at that very instant. So it was 100 percent input from the disc jockey, no input at all from a national program director who might be across the continent in today's radio.
1: And there was a lot of excitement at the time about the medium of radio. You guys were outright celebrities.
0: Yeah, there's no question of it. Of course, in those days, there weren't as many radio stations, too. So that meant that the, the fewer existing stations had more and more listeners. I mean, I recall at one point uh, CFPL had something like 90 percent of the available sets in use. Well, that would never happen in, in a market of uh, now, what, close to 20 stations in, in the London area. So that's basically to put things in their perspective. So you were a bigger frog in a smaller puddle, but still it was a smaller puddle.
1: So, DJ, what are your early memories of CFPL? And I know you've told me that despite six decades passing, that Dick's notoriety has remained intact.
2: Well, for sure. I mean, obviously having a name like DJ has, uh, you know, hasn't helped things or maybe it's made it better. Um, you know, people associate me with radio uh, my whole life, which, you know, uh, I, I guess is kind of a cool thing that uh, being back in those days, I guess in the in the uh, 70s when, when I was a child going up to the radio station with my dad, I I got to see a lot of the exciting part of radio that we kind of miss sometimes now, you know. The music would be playing in the studio, blinking lights, and the carts, and the records, and the um, there was just a lot more going on. And then when you stepped outside of the speakers and outside of the building, um, you know, people would recognize Dick. And and uh, you'd go, you know, if Dick was to show up at a at a furniture store or a car dealership or something, it was a pretty special thing that, um, you know, even the days of live broadcast where people. would actually really come down because they wanted to meet the talent so it was uh, it was more than just a voice on the radio
1: so let's talk about the new show and how this came about
2: I'll speak to that first and Dick can uh, share the the content and all of that. But last year, uh, Dick was uh, spending some time at our house last winter and and, uh, talking about, you know, the show and radio and we were kind of brainstorming how we could do something. And what I had learned while I was uh, managing a couple stations out in Denver was that uh, Saturday and Sunday mornings, were actually prime time on our station. We were an oldies format, but on the weekends we did what would, I guess, now be called sort of block programming, but it was done by local hosts and it was live. And one of my employees at the time had his own show. It was a restaurant show. Where the only ads that ran over the course of the three hours was actual restaurants and it was so that the niche audience that they were talking to was was so narrow and with the demand of the or the fact that here in London in the last few years we've lost the Oldies format locally. There was a there was a, a really strong uh, Oldies station in the market, and there was a Oldies station on AM uh, that that shut down and turned in their license. So there hasn't been a voice in London for several years for for Oldies, and th- there just couldn't be a better time than than to bring a name like Dick Williams back into the market, and. Uh, and give everybody a show that was uh, free of COVID and, and US politics in the news. And we thought we'd break format for three hours on Saturdays and Sundays and let our listeners celebrate the, the heritage and the nostalgia of CFPL AM.
1: I want to talk about breaking format because this show is largely music driven. Was it a hard sell to station management?
2: Um, it wasn't a hard sell to convince them of the idea and the legitimacy of, of doing a show like this. The only concerns we ran into in the very beginning is what our license allowed us to do. And we had to do a little research to, to figure that out. And And I know that, you know, being in an AM, an AM station right now, we always have to find new ways to break new ground and connect with uh, a very special audience. And we floated the idea around to some some local sponsors and, and all of a Sudden, we realized that this is what people are craving for. They want their station back. They want their personalities back. And couldn't have come at a better time as we're trying to scramble our way out of uh, the pandemic.
1: So, Dick, do you want to talk about the concept for the show and how does it feel to rejoin the station sixty years after first signing on there?
0: Well, it feels terrific, of course. And uh, I'm uh, I'm running my own restaurant show. It's all ham (coughs) on the menu. Just kidding, but basically uh, the the format is is wall-to-wall music. It's very music intensive and the personality uh, is in 10 and 12 second uh, shots and hits that are in and out and fast and quick and the tempo is up-tempo. There's not a a silence anywhere in the show of more than a millisecond and basically it's uh, the hits of the mid-60s through the mid-70s. We felt that earlier... Uh, was in fact, uh, quote, too old. And uh, later you get into uh, a a totally different era of music. So this sort of took the oldies format and updated it gently. And so we're not playing things like Let's Twist Again, which people, I think, quite frankly, have heard uh, more than enough of. But those mid-60s to mid-70s really are a hot uh, reminder to kids that grew up in that era of what fun radio used to be. So it's a great privilege to talk to people who are just almost in seventh heaven listening to it and recalling the music of their youth. And they certainly have been great as far as calling into the radio station, requesting things, uh, which we try to play. And that, of course, increases the localized uh, content and it makes it really a truly London show. Plus, of course, there's the reminiscence of the original CFPL jingles, which were uh, cut back in the day and certainly blend right in with the music. And they're all very, very propulsive, little five and six second snippets, Channel 98, bang, and back into music. So the whole thing is is a hybrid, but boy, it's, it sure sounds as current, I think as today, and it, it certainly is exciting. There's never a dull moment.
1: Do you think more stations should be taking format risks? Like this, or do you do you think there's something unique happening in this situation?
0: Well, we designed the program, a solid gold rock and roll with jingles that that said that, and that's the generic sound of the radio station that plays it, so this format is designed to be syndicated across Canadian radio and certainly can be easily modified to suit the American market as well. Here, of course, in Canada, we're into the 35% or more in in this case of Canadian content, but basically the format can be changed for any individual station and localized just almost entirely as much as it is at CFPL.
1: So Dick, I know that you were only semi-retired from radio because you've been hosting an online radio station all of this time.
0: Yeah. It's the ultimate, uh, not called a, a narrow casting, I guess it'd be the term we're looking for. Uh, it's called Southernmost Radio. And at this point it's playing hits of the seventies and eighties. And again, you can be very specific when you're running a radio station. And in this case, there are no commercials. So it's wall to wall music, but that was fun. And that's where I first uh, was introduced to my, longtime friend Rob Mitchell, who does a, a great deal of the bulk of the production on the show itself and certainly is responsible for combining all these elements into the, the fast-moving final product. So uh, Rob and I have worked together uh, for about the last 10 or 12 years on Southernmost Radio and just it was a natural fit for us to both get together and say, well, let's take this one step and make the move into the uh, 2000s and, and get ourselves back on the radio.
1: So, Dick, do you have any thoughts on where radio's been and where it's going?
0: Just that there will always be a need for radio. And certainly the, the one thing I've learned, and I've learned it very, very well, is there's nothing that beats local. Local is the important thing that sets a station apart. And things are so competitive in these days, the more local you are, the, the stronger the result will be.
2: I just think it's a great time right now uh, f- for people to rediscover radio. And throughout this, this process, one thing that we learned a lot was um, the all of the new and different ways that people can listen to AM radio and, and go and search out this, this fun content like this. I mean, I think the pandemic taught us that you can listen to AM radio, whether it's on your desktop, your laptop, your mobile phone, you can ask Alexa to play it. The, the streaming numbers are fantastic. And, and so, um, you know, people, even you know, if they're traveling somewhere in the world, they can still tune in and listen to the show on the weekends. And, and you know, so far we've been getting feedback from all over the world that people have been listening to this show and uh, just so happy that we're giving it back to them.
0: Yeah, I heard one from Norway the other day. So there you go. I
1: think that's an important part of the conversation because there has been a lot of discussion about what the future of AM radio is. You see one, DJ. I,
2: I definitely do. And I I had to uh, defend AM radio a lot when I was in the uh, Denver market because, you know, we hear it a lot. People say, oh, AM radio is dead or whatever. Well, my my response to it has always been it, it it's not dead. It just has to super serve the audience that that it uh it reaches and you know, even if you have three thousand people a week listening to a show, you're making a difference to those three thousand people, and that's that's a lot. You know, in this day of social influencers and all of that, I, I think of Dick being a, a modern day social influencer for the audience that he worked with back in the day. So, this show is just a, a, it's about so much more than just three hours of music on a Saturday and a Sunday. This has been therapy for people that have have not been able to be around their friends and their family and you know radio is community radio is local and and i'm i'm finding that people are actually you know, doing appointment tuning for this show where they look forward to actually taking three hours on the weekend, putting it on and having a little escape. And that's exactly what the programming folks at Chorus realized with this too, was that this is, this is something special and let's break some new ground and try something different.
0: DJ said it very well. Uh, it certainly has been uh, an exciting time for radio. And as DJ mentioned, uh, or, or actually failed to mention, the fact is that with the streaming, you also get a an incre- incredible uh, crystal clear sound. So that only makes the listening experience better than on a typical, quote, AM radio. So the, it's the best of all possible worlds. And I think that that's one of the strengths that DJ was alluding to, that Radio will be
2: a big part of
0: anything and always has been, always will be.
1: Where can people
0: tune
2: in? 980cfpl.ca, for starters. Um, Obviously, if you're in the uh, broadcast area of the station, 980 on the AM dial, ask Alexa to play it or just search online. Even if you Google Google Dick Williams Solid Gold Rock and Roll, um, it'll come right up and you'll be able to click a button and listen to it wherever you are.
1: Thank you both so much for joining us.
2: My
0: Thank you. Yeah, you. You know it. Shirley Ellis in a song called The Name Game. Want to play it now?
1: Shirley. Shirley, Shirley, for Burley, banana, banana, for The Name
0: Game. Shirley, that's enough of that song, Ellis on Channel 98. The Name Games, what's called. It's 17 ahead of 7 o'clock at
1: CFTL Live Radio.
2: and at naturalmanpodcast.com.